on FM, on DAB, and up to date on social media. We are Radio Newark. Radio Newark Sport. Brought to you with Smith's Timber Merchants. For all your fencing, decking and DIY needs on Appleton Gate, Newark. Visit smithstimber.co.uk It's not quite strictly Mick and Tony tonight as Chris Hassel joins us about 20 past 7 to talk about all the Jags news. In fact, it's not strictly Mick and Tony at all because uh, if anybody's seen Tony Smith wandering around Newark, please send him this way because he hasn't managed to arrive here yet. If he does, we'll be doing he will be doing his edition of Sports Sports. We are going to look back at last week in Newark Sport and going to look forward at the following week, the week to come even, in Newark Sport and we promise another cracking weekend and it looks like the sun's actually going to shine as well. But what we always do on Thursday, of course, is the big stories that's been making the national news on Radio Newark Sport. And it was a, a funny odd week, because not a lot happened at the first part of the week, and then in the last couple of nights, well, yes, everything happened. But let's go back to police are investigating after a glass bottle was thrown at to Celtic forward Scott Sinclair during his side Scottish Cup victory over Hibernian. The incident took place during the second half as Sinclair prepared to take a corner. The bottle landed just yards away from the Englishman before referee Willie Collum retrieved the object. A Great Britain Rugby League side will play test matches against New Zealand, Tonga and Papua New Guinea during the 2019 Tour of the Southern Hemisphere. It will be the Lions' first tour since 2006, having been disbanded after the 2007 home series against New Zealand. After three months of talks, it was confirmed that they will not face Fiji, Samoa and the World Cup winners Australia. I wonder why. A Formula E-Series race on the streets of London will take place again in 2020. Series organisers have announced the race will take place around London Docklands and the Excel Centre. One thing's a fact, you won't get a Formula E race around Newark at the moment, would you? Liverpool manager Jurgen Klopp is usually all hugs and smiles, but he is now feeling the pressure as he sides faltering title challenge in the Premier League. The Reds were top and had a seven-point lead over Manchester City on the 3rd of January. Following Sunday's match at Goodison Park, Klopp was not happy when he approached by Ball Boy, who sarcastically clapped him as he headed down the tunnel. Klopp walked away smiling after a brief exchange, but was later irritated by a journalist's question about his side's approach against Everton during the post-match news conference. We don't play PlayStation, he says before going on to blame the weather. Apparently, it was too windy, which goes on to the list of excuses, which, of course, included it was snowy and it was dark and the opposition played better than what Liverpool did and uh, they can't take the pressure. And that leaves me with the two big stories of the week. And they both happened in the Champions League. And while all that was going off, Mr Smith's put in an appearance. Hello. Where have you been? I'm sorry, I made the mistake of driving here. Clearly, I'd be better off with a helicopter in this town. You know what my boss at work always says when people clock in late? 
Start out five minutes earlier and you won't be late. If I'd have started out on Thursday in this town, I would have... Thought... It is Thursday. Oh, yeah, that's about... <laughs> You've got better lines than dear me. Own, You're dear, own, dear. So now, now the, oh, the, well, the other half of this deadly duo has finally put in an appearance. Um, we've just gone through the headlines, but I've kept the last two days in, in the vein that you actually did turn up. I've got some good... I've got breaking news for you. Breaking news? Yes. Go on. Roma have got a new manager. Right. Guess who? Mourinho. Claudio Ranieri. <laughs> it's his 19th appointment after achieving nothing apart from a fluke at Leicester City. Which just goes to prove you don't have to have achieved anything to get another job. It's like us going to work at another radio station. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I, uh, well, I agree. Right, very quickly. Has, yeah. has Scottish football got a problem? Um, a glass bottle thrown at Scott at Celtic forward Scott Sinclair at the weekend. Um, I've done some investigation on this, and what nearly hit Scott Sinclair was uh, an empty bottle of Buckfast. Well, it wouldn't be full, would it? No, it was in Scotland. But I thought, empty bottle of what? So I investigated, what is Buckfast? And actually, it's uh, a red wine, which is uh, mixed with a heck of a lot of caffeine. So it's the sort of thing you give to a horse <laughs> just before you're going to kill it. If that doesn't work, use a gun as well. But if you're going to drink a bottle of that stuff, then, you know, you're not really going to know what, how you're going to dispose it, are you? Just happens to be unlucky that Scott was second a corner at the time, I think. <laughs> Yeah, but but seriously, they have got a serious, serious problem in Scotland. And um, it, it's, it's, it's not just the chucking of bottles or chucking of coins, which also happened in the same match at Easter Road, but it's also, you know, this sectarianism, which is, you know, Willie Miller, former captain of Aberdeen, during um, Sir Alex, well, Alex Ferguson in those days, while Fergie's in charge at Aberdeen, Willie Miller moved out of the east end of Glasgow. So we're talking 40 years ago, and he was so glad to move up to the frozen north because he got away from sectarianism, which uh, dogged his every walking step on the east, east end streets of Glasgow. He's still there 40-plus years later. Are these people thick or what? Unbelievable. But they brought Neil Lennon back now to calm it down. Yes, that should have, that should help at things enormously. <laughs> I mean, you know, um, very quickly onto um, <laughs> onto rugby league. <laughs> yes, before you say too much. Yes, um, I, I don't think I should discuss Neil Lennon before nine o'clock. Um, I'm not a rugby league fan. I, I don't understand. To me, it's a poor man's rugby union. I'm not. But, I support Liz Rhinos. But, but you like it. Um, the, they they've got a a Great Britain side again to go on tour to the Southern Hemisphere next year, but they're not playing Australia. What's the point in going to the Southern Hemisphere if you don't play Australia? That's what I can't understand. They they are they are are going. Um, they, yeah, where is it? They're going to play New Zealand, Tonga, and Papua New Guinea, but they will not face Fiji, Samoa, or the World Cup winners Australia. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Uh, Why go? That's like the cricket team going down under to play the Ashes, but not including Australia and their opponents. Yeah, uh, unbelievable. Anyway, you can join in tonight, like we always say on a Thursday night, text 81400, leave a space, and then um, just 
tell us what you've got to say, really. Facebook, um, nice and easy to go onto the Radio Newark Facebook site and send <coughs> us a message. Or Twitter, it's at Radio Newark UK. Else you'll go on to one that's near New York in America and they won't understand a word you're saying because you're talking. <laughs> you'll be talking about sport. Um, the last couple of nights... <laughs> what? We've just alienated the whole of America now. I did that years ago. Um... They don't do sport over and they, we've done this one. They don't do team sport. They've got no idea how to do team sport because they're a band of individuals and they've never managed to group together, apart from once at Boston, and that was lucky. Um, <laughs> the last couple of nights in the Champions League, I've just been something. Yeah, else. I mean, you know, I, I, I mock the Champions League because I don't. I prefer a cup competition, and now it is a cup competition. It mm. wakes, in my world, it wakes up now. Uh, and we'll start with Real Madrid, if we can. Yes. Please. And now yes. I, you know that Real Madrid is my is my team and, and you tend to lean towards Barcelona a Not bit. at all. Not um, at all. Uh, you're only saying that for the effect on radio. I can't stand Barcelona. Well, you don't, you're not over keen on Real Madrid. I, I, if, if I was... A Spanish football fan, Real Madrid will be my team by a thousand miles. Better kits and better attitude at the football club. But it's the attitude, unless really. You, unless you call Gareth Bale. That's actually cost him, isn't it? <laughs> because Sergio Ramos got himself booked yes. in Amsterdam, didn't he? Yeah. To miss the second yeah. leg. I yeah. mean, he's been banned and he's quite rightly managed to get Two, two games out of it, but it was that cocksure that was, it wasn't yeah, going to yeah, be a yeah. problem. Um, and it was not it was actually a massive problem. Real Madrid's problem started, in my world, when Ronaldo went, because you cannot yeah. replace, yeah. I don't care how old he is, you cannot replace the best <clears> footballer <throat> in the world. Nobody is capable of stepping up to the mark of Ronaldo. They are not. Benzema's not. Bale's not. Modric is not. They can't do what Ronaldo did, get games by the scruff of the neck, score the important goals. It doesn't It doesn't happen. And Zidane, bless him, as soon as he knew Ronaldo was going, ran a mile, because he could see what... He, yeah, yeah. He, he could see where this was going. Zidane's a very intelligent football guy. That's why he ran a mile. Unless you called uh, Matarazzi, or whatever his name is. Because you, <laughs> you wouldn't want to be manager in Madrid with what's happening to him no, now. No, because, and it always was going to happen to him. Yeah, I mean, Real Madrid have won uh, four uh, European titles on the bounce and it's quite incredible what they've achieved. But you take the best player out of any team and that team's not going to be the same. You take the best player in the world out of a team and there's only one way it's going to go. And, uh, you know, Zidane saw what was happening and uh, said, right, cheerio, we've just won a fourth, you know, Champions League, but I'll be off then. I mean, it was he's been asked to go back. And he said no, Andy. He said no, but ask me again in June. If you believe the papers, it's Mourinho. By which time Mourinho will have his job, so he <laughs> won't, won't be asking. I mean, Ajax got stuff for six in the Dutch League the other week. Mm. So th they are nothing special, but to go and score four goals there... Ajax were, in our day... Oh, that was the team. The team. Total football, all the rest of it. Ajax these days have got a very exciting team based purely on youth. Yes, because the big boys... 
will come in and buy him. Yeah, but the young lads are going to get battered from time to time, like the 6-0 defeat in the Eredivision. I don't know why they call it the Harry Division, but that's apparently how they pronounce it. And so, they're going to get the comeuppance once in a while, as Damo will find out new at town, but if you keep them together, they are going to get great results. And if you get a crumbling empire, Real Madrid, up against a bunch of really, really good young kids, you're going to get results like the other night, you know, and and, and um, that was a fantastic result for Ajax. Very oh. sad result for football, though, because I, I really think it's sad what's happened at Real Madrid. A lot of it's of their own making, though. Yeah. But can you imagine going along as the new £80 million signing at the Bernabeu and being paraded just on your first appearance in that wonderful all-white kit, in your first appearance, and you get 80,000 turn up just to see you... So you juggle a ball on a dais. You know, I mean, that is an incredible football club. I mean, it must be good because Don Revy designed the Leeds kit on it. You know, so it's got to be... We're talking quality here. <laughs> Moving on. I think we lost you, Mickey, there. Moving on. <laughs> the current love of your life played in a white kit until somebody got a wonderful idea of orange. <sighs> and they yeah. should go back and they should go back to it. Um... But orange is my favourite colour as well as all white. Yeah, yeah. Um, should, oh. Tot should Tottenham be worried, though? Because if Mourinho don't go, are they going to take Pochettino? And if they take him, are they going to take Harry Kane? Because I don't care what any Tottenham fan wants to come in here and tell me. If Real Madrid offered £200 million for Harry Kane, Daniel Levy would say, thank you, goodbye. Well, Spanish for he's one of our own. <laughs> 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 but, you know, I mean, yeah, Pochettino, I think he's disillusioned as what as... Is disillusioned regarding what is happening at Tottenham Hotspur. And I think he's, as the football parlance goes, he'll feel he's taking them as far as they can and he'll go for the golden money up in uh, Madrid. Exactly. Apparently, talking, Because he's not going to get the Man United job. of the aforementioned Pochettino, he's in shock after being given an unfair two-match <laughs> touchline ban for angrily confronting yeah. referee Mike Dean. Um... <clears throat> it's my first time here and when I'm not completely right in my behaviour, but I feel it's too much. I feel a bit sad with the punishment. I will need to wait and see what they have put on the letter and the reason they have given for banning me for two matches. That is unbelievable. He said he wanted to talk a bit more with the FA. Well, why didn't he have a personal hearing? To talk a bit more with the FA before deciding whether to appeal. I think we are waiting until after Wednesday. Well, the letter still hasn't come, apparently. I'm so curious to see why they decided to do what they did. A two-game ban is completely unfair, and I want to see why, and then talk a little bit more. Well, you actually did all your talking to Mike Dean mm. in front of every TV camera that there was there, mm. and every kid... And every young manager saw how he spoke to Mike. I'm no Mike Dean fan, don't get me wrong. But no. if you had that conversation, it should have been in locked doors after the, off the football pitch, not in the full glare of every camera there was at that grand. Go to the dressing room, knock on the door and have a shouting match with him by all means, but not in the middle of a football pitch. And two matches and ten grand, I think he's got away lightly. I heard something uh on the radio yesterday that 
football is the only industry that punishes indiscretions financially. It's the only industry that punishes people with fines. Elsewhere, you get put on gardening leave until you get your head around it or they decide to sack you or whatever. But you don't get fined, do you? I mean, if I, if, if I stepped out of line as... as a, you know, Well, if I stepped out of line when I was at the advertiser, I wouldn't get fined for it. They put, they'd say, go on for a couple of weeks, cool your head down or whatever, and, and you know, th th that is the way that companies deal with it. Um, but the way that Pochettino reacted, the, his only thing in his defence is that it was Mike Dean. Mike Dean is an arrogant prat. Yeah. And what you do is... when uh, I'm uh, agreeing with you too much here. As a match official, as an umpire... I get told off by my wonderful mentor, Dave Smith, for talking too much to players. But my way of approaching it is if you chat away to players, then if you're funny with it as well, they're on your side. So when you turn down an LB decision and you know you're correct and you go, and you say, oh, come on, you, you can't appeal for that one, surely. Come back to me when you've got a good shout. And we'll wink and we'll carry on and we'll be the next ball. And that, that's the way I do it. Mike Dean and his arrogance gets him into trouble. And as, as a referee, you've got to have a very, very important thing, which a great referee will always have, and that is man management. It's okay laying down the laws. I mean, anybody can do that. But you've got to have man management, and that gets people on your side. And he said something to Pochettino. Pochettino had his say and then walked away. And then Mike Dean said something. And Pochettino turned back and then let him have both barrels. And I think a lot of people have forgotten about the fact that Mike Dean said something. I agree with you. I, I, Otherwise, I Pochettino wouldn't have turned back. He would have had his say and gone. But then he turned back and then he said the stuff that's got well, him into trouble. The, the assistant manager was, you can't say that, you can't say that. He, he kept repeating, you can't yeah, say yeah. that. So, you know, one day it, it will come out, and I, I totally agree with you, but the other thing, I, I, I stick by my what I said, have the argument in the dressing room. Pochettino was bang out of order, but I say the only thing in his mitigation is that it was Mike Dean, and Mike Dean shouldn't come out of this blameless. And that's the problem, because you turn... If a, if a, if a left-back messes up during a game, they get, in front of the, they get him in front of the match-of-the-day cameras and say, right, I bet you regret doing that, don't you, mate? That one where you let them in for their third goal that turned out that was a turning point of the game. They never get the referees in front of the cameras. The only time I've ever seen it is on sports scene a couple of weeks ago when the guy, uh, I think it was Kevin Clancy, um, he called off the Kilmarnock game against Motherwell because of fog. And so he came in front of the cameras and said, we agreed to give it a go in the second half, but it was clear, I couldn't see my linesman, I couldn't see my assistant referees, whatever they call or in our day, linesman, and, you know, so I called it off. And they said on sports, the, the guys, you know, the experts, said, um, and they are very good because they analyse Scottish football and they don't laugh, bless them, they're quality experts, you know, real professionals. But they said, 
you know, isn't it nice when the referee comes in front of the cameras and explains his, uh, himself? Oh, I think it, I think it should happen. I think it should happen a lot more. Right, coming up next, hopefully, if I can get the phones to work tonight, is the wonderful Mr. Chris Hassel, and that is followed by Tony's sports Sports, which he doesn't know he's doing them. But it's on. <laughs> it's on. It's, it's on the wonderful subject of V A R. Um, as we said, it's not quite strictly Mick and Tony on a Thursday night um, when we have the Jags Wheelchair Basketball Club to talk about because that means it's Mr Chris Hassel and Chris has, um, he hasn't been with us for a few weeks for a very good reason. He's been getting himself a suntan. Um, but he's oh. back. He's in fine form. Um, first question, Chris, obviously is, how the heck can you have an holiday in the middle of basketball season? Oh, I know, I know, I know. But I have to say, I did actually schedule it at a certain point in the in the season when uh, I knew I knew when the fixtures had come out. So we had to wait for the fixtures to come out and then schedule the holiday around that. Mm-hmm. So, so to be fair, it was planned. Okay, I'll um, I'll give you that one. And now I'm going to to shut up and let you yep. tell us about uh, probably best part of a month of the Jags Wheelchair Basketball Club. Yeah. So. Because I haven't been here, I haven't been catching up with various different things, and I'm going to say I'm going to see people this weekend. So uh, I'll look forward first. We've got a double header, uh, which is two games uh, this Saturday at the Magnus Sports Centre. So Jags one and Jags two are both playing Sheffield Steelers teams. Um, and uh, for those of you that, that know much about the Jaguars, you would know that Sheffield Steelers are our, if you like, local rival team. You know, they're a really big team in the area. Um, it teams in many divisions and uh, playing the Steelers is a bit like Liverpool playing Everton or Man City playing Man United. So um, we look forward to that at the weekend. Um, and then in relation to how, how we've been doing, I'm going to have to be honest with you, the, the third team that played um, two weeks ago, I'm still waiting to hear what results um, they've got. Uh, they played up in Hull. Uh, I think it was Hull. They played against Hull, uh, and I'm, I'm still waiting to hear what results they've had. So uh, the next time we speak, I'll be able to update you on that. The only other thing I do know is that uh, the Jaguars juniors played their final games of their round robin um, against Norwich and Aylesbury, um, and they were convincing winners of both games, one by 60-odd points and the other by 20-odd points. Um, and it means that they will be going through to the playoff finals, which are called the Elite Eights. Um, later on in April, um, and they should be highly seeded in that because they've um, they've gone the whole season um, in the sort of round robin games to start with without being beaten. So that's really good news. So our, so we have we have very high hopes for our juniors who are performing really well um, uh, in that sort of end of season playoffs uh, in April time. Yeah. It's like any other club, though, isn't it, Chris? You know, um, it's all built from the juniors, isn't it? You've got to get that bit right to to build the club up. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So there are there are numerous players that play in Jags One and Jags Two in the senior league um, that are either current juniors or have been juniors previously. You know, so um, it's a sport where many many people get involved at a very early age and just sort of stay involved in the sport for many years. Um, you know, so our, our junior section is really important to us. There are a number of clubs in the UK that don't actually support juniors, and they wait for, if you like, players to join them as seniors. Uh, but for the Jaguars in Europe, we've always been very keen to develop our uh, junior section, and have been very successful over the years. Well, in my world, that's what makes it a club rather than a team. 
Yeah, no, exactly. I, 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 I think it's very important that you that you start players of all sports at an early age and try and keep them involved all the way through. Brilliant, Chris. And a uh, couple of weeks' time, a lot more information to give us. Uh, before you leave us, um, one yeah. final question. Um, going back to last night, was it a penalty? Was it a penalty? That was an interesting one because I am a Man United fan. So I know. My view was, yes, it was a penalty. And uh, I, I, th- I think it was tough to give, but the rules of the game would suggest that that was a penalty. So, agreed, it was. I expected the answer, but it was, as ever, very eloquently put. Chris, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. That's fine, Mick, and I'll speak to you again soon. Yeah, OK, give it a fortnight and we're back with you. Cheers, Mick. Thanks, Chris. Bye-bye. And that, Mr Smith, is where we're going to go now. The first ever team to turn over a two-goal home deficit and um, go into the next round of the... Um, your, what are you looking at your clock for? Can I put a question? Yes. Um, that we'll give the answer to in the last five minutes of the programme, just so, so people can have a think. And uh, Real Madrid have lost 4-1 five times in European football under the guises of the European Cup or the Champions League. Of those five occasions, one of them was to an English club. Who was it? 81400 if you want to text Radio Newark UK on Twitter or just go onto Facebook and put what you like. Um, I didn't get it when he asked me um, and when I did did get it, I was disgusted. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no clues. <laughs> no clues whatsoever. Okay, um... Manchester United, in my world, could have been playing until tonight and the one scored another goal to bounce against Paris Saint-Germain. They didn't look like scoring a, a, third, a third goal. Not to take anything away from two they got, but they did not look like scoring the third goal. I'm absolutely sick to the back teeth already of hearing people saying, well, we're playing the Man United way now, aren't we? And this is what happens. We play to the end. <laughs> no! Oh, dear, oh, dear. Oh. Talking about bandwagons again. It was um, wonderful. Right. Our friends V A R. Yeah. Okay. The shot was taken. It was deflected for a corner. The young United lad that took the shot said, Ref, handball, penalty, and the ref said, Don't be silly. Everybody lines up for a corner. Nobody complains whatsoever. A couple of minutes later, in the referee's ear, Somebody says, well, I assume it was Alex Ferguson in the VAR room. <laughs> so, um, well, 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 we'll go with that. Alex Ferguson in the VAR room says, um, you better come and have a look at this because I think this is Amball. <laughs> and first thing that I, I know, when I looked at it cr- closely, like the referee looked at it closely, the first <sighs> thing is the Paris defender turned his back on the ball that is criminal in kids football in the top of the world whatever it is top class football to turn your back on a shot you deserve everything that's coming to you (laughs) you really do but listen to this bit tony as it stands from the international football association board rule book 
Handling the ball involves a deliberate act of a player making contact with the ball with the hand or the arm, but the following must be considered. The movement of the hand towards the ball, not the ball towards the hand. The distance between the opponent and the ball. The position of the hand does not necessarily mean there is an offence. However, the head of UA for referees told the Times, apparently, in January, that when VAR was introduced into this season's Champions League, officials would penalise any unnatural arm movement that makes contact with the ball. The big challenge is the position of the arm. When the arm is totally out of the body, above the shoulder, it should be penalised. This is the interesting line. If the defender is making his body bigger in order to block the ball, that is not fair. It is different if the defender is challenging or playing for the ball and it rebounds. But if he is looking to block a cross or a shot and the player is trying to spread his body, then that is handball. Taking that to the letter, that was handball. Hmm. Well, I'm at a major disadvantage in that I've not seen any television coverage of the incident, but I did listen to it all on the radio last night, and it was one of the best listens to a radio station ever. It was one of the best European nights that I've ever been lucky enough to, to, to feel as though I was part of. I mean, I, despite being a Leeds United fan, I, I think the Manchester what Oli Gunnar Solskjaer has done at Manchester United is nothing short of remarkable. And um, that comeback last night was honestly remarkable. Ten players out injured, 2-0 down from the first leg, playing away against, admittedly, a team that, that, you know, hasn't got any bottle whatsoever when it comes to the crunch. But... Lacrunch? Lacrunch. Or Le Crunch, actually, it should be. Mm. Yeah, because it's, yeah. Actually, French was one of the A-levels I failed, so I I should know that. (laughs) Um, But basically, it was just a wonderful, wonderful night for football. A lot of people support whoever... But they hate teams who are successful. A lot of people fell in love with Manchester United because of Munich in 1958, because of the sympathy for a, a tragedy befalling a football club. But as an awful lot of people hate teams because they have success. But surely any football fan must have loved last night what happened there. Absolutely fantastic. And the one guy who's kicking off and creating the most outrageous, you know, fits of peak is Neymar, who has made a career out of being the biggest cheat in the world, which is quite remarkable. But, you know, it's just, I, I just think that last night was absolutely terrific. Oh. Right, T- Tony is now, is now looking at it, and then he can pass his, his opinion, his opinion on, 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 on this one. And, yeah, you know... And Neymar's the last person to speak. But if you Hand look off. at the, if you look at the right, there you go. Then Hand try off. stop it now because it's noisy in the background. Right, you've seen it now. Yeah, handball. 
he made himself bigger. And I go back to that line. I hate to stick up for Man United. It's really doing my head in, this is. <laughs> uh, if the defender is making the body bigger in order to block the ball, it is not fair. Yeah. That, that, now and I've, he made his body bigger. N- now it's I as have simple seen as that. it. I am with it totally. But Right. Have I'll it. stop you there because time's moving on. Okay. Right. We've both mumbled about VAR. Right, that was a massive, massive mm, test mm. for VAR last night. Mm. Off the cuff, prove you're a professional journalist, sports thoughts, VAR, go. VAR is superb and works brilliantly in sports that stop and start. Tennis, rugby, union and league, cricket... VAR, brilliant, and a massive aid to the officials. In football, it doesn't work. Because if you get a throw-in in football, people are shouting, get on with it! They want action, they want total action all the time, and therefore VAR has, as be- as has been proved countless, countless times since it was brought in as a trial, doesn't work in football. People don't want it, bin it. Without VAR... Manchester United would be out of the European Champions League. VAR in football last night was superb. (laughs) 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 And therein is the problem. Because if it works in your favour, oh, brilliant, thank goodness for it. Turn the other way around. Paris Saint-Germain got a last-minute penalty last night. And how many Manchester United supporters are there in the world? There would have been mayhem. That have been writing in South London. <laughs> but, you know, VAR, fantastic. But it doesn't work in football. Everybody knows it. Everybody says it. Kick it out. Well, it's here and it's stopping. Mm. It's as simple as that. VAR. It starts in the Premier League next <clears throat> I, I, I I'm coming round to it because at, at the end of the day, if it's the right decision comes out of it... Mm. I'm not knocking it. And the right decision came out of it last night. But it was introduced to stop arguments. What it's causing is more and more arguments. And it will do until it will do until you get a season into it and it's had time, I think, to settle. And then it will, because people will be, you, you're shaking your it, head. It will, it will never work in football. Never, ever work in football. I think it will, I personally think it will work in football if... It's allowed to work in football, and if we don't go down the road that cricket's gone, when everything seems to go to look at the man with the camera. But if you've got rugby league, it's all part and parcel of the fun. Everybody looks up at the big screen with see what it says. understands the rules in any case. No, no, the, the, the whip it's doing, you haven't got a flat cap. Once you get one, I'll explain it. But basically, and uh, headingly, they sell two pint glasses for your beer. That's got to be the way forward. Hey up, duck. It's, ta- it's time to check rule, Bob. I'm back with you in a minute. <laughs> Radio Newark, the home of Newark Sport. Monday to Thursday, 7 to 8 pm, with Mick and Tony. Radio Newark, the home of Newark Sport. Missed one of our shows? Don't forget you can check out the podcasts and get the very latest sports news daily on our website at radionewark.co.uk. Tony's busy trying to tell me that when he's on holiday it's difficult to define if you're from Mansfield or Yorkshire in my world. It could be the same. <laughs> um, 
Right, quick look back at what happened at what happened last weekend, and we're actually going to sort of um, pick who are um, who got it right last weekend and who got it wrong last weekend. The the heroes and the zeros of last weekend. We're going to start doing that every week. We may as well start upsetting people in there. We upset them everywhere else. Um, but a quick reminder of what did happen last week. Um, Flowserve went to Borrowash and won four one four uh, one. I'm let a goal in uh, and won four nil. And if they didn't do, if, and if they didn't at least do that, they would certainly be zero. So they did the job that they was expected to do. So a bonus point, but not many. Uh, New York Town got three points at bottom of the table for Colliery, and we've got to start saying that they are doing that was the job that they was expected to do. You know, uh, they're lifting up the table, aren't they? They're going forward, mm. so they've got to start working now. Tenth, yes. There's only 14 in the table, though, Tony. Come on. Yeah, but I mean... It's, that, it's, better, than, it's better than it was. That, that sounds it's a lot better than it was. Um, Collingham, 4-0 um, up half-time against Appleby Frodingham. Uh, they managed to win it 4-3 in the end, which would give Paul Hyde plenty to think about in uh, ahead of his cup semi-final, again against Appleby Frodingham. So all three football teams won. Not sparkling, but they won. And at the end of the day, the table says they got three points, and that's all that matters. If I was Paul Hyde, I would have been furious. Yeah, I went at full time and his wife sort of decided to go into the kitchen out of the way as well. Yes. Um, Newark Rugby Club went to uh, Market Raisin and had a, what you might call a off, an, an off day. They lost by 33 points to 10. So Newark Rugby Club, just for once, uh, are the at least the men's first team, have got to go in the, in the zeros mm. column um, for the weekend, as have the Hockey Club ladies' first team. They played a the team that was bottom of the table had got one point all season and Paul Halfpenny recorded 21 penalty corners to Newark and they didn't score from one of them. So as much as I love the Newark ladies' first team this week, sorry ladies, but uh, you didn't have a very good weekend. You've got to get that one put right this weekend. So my zeros this weekend are the um, hockey club ladies' first team. If you're listening, Sally, this is all Mick talking. And the rugby club. (laughs) Get it back, get it put right next week. Now let's go (laughs) at looking at heroes. Tom Cowling got his professional boxing career off to the best possible start with a um, victory and that had Carl Greaves hailing a future champion. Amy Hunt secured another England vest and another victory in the women's 60 metres, this time in Cardiff in 7.3. Can seven, we just go back? Seven, one minute. Two more to go and then it's yours. OK. Uh, New York Rugby Club under-14s brought home the first trophy to Kellam Road yeah. with a one-point victory over Spalding in the mud at Derby. And our first ever young star in this radio station was Jess Weaver, and she starred for the England under-18s as they beat their Scottish counterparts oh. 39-7 at Preston on Sunday. There's four absolute massive heroes. Yeah. Um, I first came across Carl Graves as a 15-year-old. He was 15. I, I wasn't. So he's not that old. No, and... Um, it was uh, the interview was very monosyllabic. Do you want to be a professional boxer? Yeah, no, yeah, no. 
and on Sunday morning I interviewed <laughs> one word, one word, mate. Yeah, but it's a big one. <laughs> and that's what it means. But the um Greavesy said to me on Sunday morning that Tom Cowlin's uh professional debut was the best he's ever seen in all his time in boxing. I said to Greavesy, How old are you now? And he said, Forty two and I said, how old, how old were you when you started boxing? He said, nine. And, um, but the best ever in a wonderful career that Greavesy had, it was world champion. And the, for him to say that Tom Cowling's effort was the best ever in, th in his 31 years of watching boxing, it must have been something special. I'm going to give Floor Surf Program a plug because on on Saturday against Clipston there is How a does that get into there, it? Is a, there is a commemorative page all belonging to Tom Carlin and a picture of him in there as well, looking absolutely thrilled. Who wrote it? Me. I hope it's not monosyllabic. No, I'm I'm I'm, I'm delighted not only for Greasy and for Tom himself, but for Tom's dad Paul, who has been with him all the way through since uh, Tom started as a ten-year-old. And uh, I'm just so chuffed for, uh, for, for for a great, great lad. Absolutely brilliant. I'll I tell you what, we ought to have a competition on here. How you can, how to, how to get Floso <laughs> into a conversation. I'll tell you, he's a master at it. We are sat in an orange room. I mean, the, um, come the, on. The young lady who, who <laughs> swims for Newark Swimming Club, who I completely got, it's Majira Romanansky-Skolva. Oh, yeah. Um, who we said last night, oh, I very nearly pronounced last <laughs> night. I probably very nearly pronounced it tonight. No, no, no uh, way. No way. Um, <laughs> she has actually been chosen for the Lithuanian National Squad. Oh, so bless So, Newark Swimming Club have a national ah. swimming... It's brilliant, isn't it? I, I call her M. Yes. Hmm. Um, I think I'll probably stick to that as, <laughs> as, um, as, as, um, as well. Uh, God knows what you um, just said there in Lithuanian... <laughs> <laughs> James Brinkat Smith um, is going to the World Bench Press Championships. That, that's still to yeah. come. And uh, we mentioned uh, last night again Gemma Latham, who's we was going to interview from Cornwall last year, was going live to Cornwall, and she got that injury a couple of days before the race. Um, and she's only just got back nine months later. Some so, people will do anything out of getting interviewed by They his. will, won't they? So, um, lots of heroes, a couple of zeros, but um, lots of heroes. And what we're going to do. Next, is take a look at who's going to be the heroes and hopefully there won't be any zeros coming up in this weekend's Wacky World <laughs> of Newark Sport. And that was very monosyllabic. <laughs> <laughs> I've had a quick check in the dictionary. I do wish Tony Smith was a bit more monosyllabic. <laughs> <laughs> like we've got a dictionary here, come on. <laughs> um, <laughs> Journalistic licence. This... Friday night could sort of outshine the whole weekend, or the potential is to outshine the whole weekend. Tony. Our trip together. Um, well, that's one of the things, but I mean, where, where, where do you want to go on Friday night? Because the sporting weekend starts on Friday, as I've just said, at Station Road. It's tenants against landlords as Newark Town host Collingham. <laughs> The Blues are on a run of four victories out of the last five outings with the Ginger Mourinho um, <laughs> taking uh, taking control. Um, I suppose he's coming up against Arsene Wenger, really, isn't he? Yeah. The, the Yorkshire Arsene Wenger. The York, the, the, and the Yorkshire <laughs> Arsene Wenger, the, pro, the professor. 
Yes, indeed. The Ginger Marino against the Professor. But Newark against Collingham looks... I'll be amazed if there's not a decent crowd. And I'll be amazed if it's not a decent game. I'm really looking forward to it, but I really, really, really don't know which way to call it. Newark Town are really coming on strong, but it's, it's, it's basically like the Sorcerer versus the Apprentice. It's the wily old 70-year-something-old 70, 70 Paul Hyde against the young uh, Ginger Mourinho, who, who really has done a remarkable job at, um, at Newark Town. So we look for... I wouldn't like to cut... The only one thing I will say, Collingham scores spectacular goals. It's bound, it's bound to be a massive crowd. Right. And it's, 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 it's like they've always had at Tranmere Rovers. Basically... You get your home match on a Friday night, go out with all your mates on a Friday night, and you've still got all the weekend to come, you can go somewhere on Saturday, you can, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a brilliant idea, Friday night football. it'd be a test, a test of temperaments as well. Uh, the Newark and Sherwood... It'd be nice if it was a bloodbath, wouldn't it? The Newark and Sherwood District Council... <laughs> good God. Sports personality of the year, Nina Bradley, is back in the ring when she takes on Terry Harper for the WBC International Lightweight title. That's in Barnsley. Um, it's probably correct to say that Terry Harper is the highest-ranked boxer that Nina's ever been up against. She f is he she from Barnsley? Yes. Oh, dear. So you've got your home turf... You've got a high-ranked boxer, and you've got Nina in the prime condition. So Nina's going to have to knock her out to get a draw. Yes, so but she's capable of doing that. So we we'll try and again the same as we did with Tom. We we'll do this on purpose. We leave him alone in the build-up. I cut I cut my boxing teeth in Barnsley, and they give you nothing. Absolutely nothing. Yorkshire, the burn to. She, she, she's really going to have to win. She that can one. do it. We have confidence. Be, um, be, before, before the bell ends the contest, she's going to have to knock the woman out. She's better off doing it before the bell starts the contest. <laughs> um, to complete, to complete a busy Friday, New York Rugby Club's senior youth take on Southwark senior youth at Kellam Road under the floodlights in, in what apparently is termed a friendly match. Oh, Although they, they I always are. never, ever in my life know Newark against <laughs> Southwark anything as a friendly. It just, <laughs> it's just, no, it's not happening. Um, and I, um, okay, the Radio Newark car is going to Collingham. It's going to Station Road. That decision's been made. <sighs> but it could just as easily go to Barnsley and just as easily go to Kellam Road. It's a pity that stagger kickoff times. It really is. Um, on to Saturday, and last week's results um, saw the door open a little bit again for yeah. for FlowServe yeah. in, in the East Midlands Counties League. It was seemed to be firmly shut the previous week, but it, it has opened again. Um, this time round, the works host four from bottom, Clipston at Lowfields, and quite frankly, anything but a victory, and they are in the zeros column for next week mm. um selston traveled to ingles which is not the simplest of matches on paper while Sherwood are at home to a gedling side that i'm not sure where they are and i don't think they're sure where they are from one week to the next um mm. for one saturday only i think we're all ingles supporters yeah most definitely um it will be one saturday only as well i didn't enjoy my trip there <laughs> Elsewhere in football, Flow Serve Reserves hit the top of the Notts Senior League last weekend, um, making it um, making three points against Cotgrave this weekend. 
vitally important to keep them there because promotion probably for pro serve reserves is more important than promotion for pro serves first team because if you've got a yeah. buoyant Newark you've got to have a flow serve reserves playing in a decent standard of football yeah it's, it's um, everything not, the, not, not senior league division 2 or central midlands where do you want to play folks mm. It's not a lot of comparison. Everything is in uh, Newark Flows uh, Reserves' favour. They're uh, top. They've got a game in hands. Uh, of their nine remaining fixtures, I think uh, eight, seven or eight are amongst the team in the bottom half of the table. They, they really have got everything to lose. And uh, I wish them all the very best. Up to rugby. And I'm apparently being accused of being mischievous, but the fact is that with five matches left, um, the final, we're assuming Ashby are going down. Is that Mr Wildman? No. The, the, the other relegation place is quite simply between Southall and Matlock. The Minster men travel to runaway leaders Melbourne on Saturday. It was. Melbourne's lost one match. You were accused of twisting his words. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but these are facts. <laughs> these are facts. Melbourne have lost one match. Crack all, on, Rafa, all, go on. All season. <laughs> so yeah. you don't expect him to lose no. against the no. second from bottom. No. Okay. Matlock are 12 points in front of Southall. If Matlock get a maximum of five points from their next match and South will get no points on Saturday, the gap is 17 points with four matches left. <sighs> and South will can get a maximum from them four matches of 20 points. And one of those matches is against Newark. So it is an absolute straightforward fact that if Newark gets stuffed by Matlock and then beat South will, Newark are going to relegate South will. It will be tremendously sad if South will got relegated. Um... Because, despite the rivalry, and obviously I'm in the Newark camp on this one, but despite the rivalry, that bunch at Park Lane are a decent bunch of lads. That they, I've, I thoroughly enjoyed my times there, reporting on the Red Men, and and um, Tolly Roberts and his gang up there are a decent bunch of lads, and uh, I, I will be sad to see him go down. But back in the Newark corner again. That's enough of that. Back in the Newark corner. Wouldn't it be tragic to lose that annual, you know, well, you know, both home and away, those those games? Because Newark versus Southwell at rugby is just sublime. It, 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 it would be tragic to lose that. Tragic. Tragic. Newark hockey <laughs> team ladies <laughs> will be looking for a better... <laughs> We've only got four minutes, don't oh, laugh. Okay, okay, yeah. Newark Hockey Club ladies looking for a better performance when they... In our careers. Not, not, <laughs> yes, Nottingham University... I'm just sticking up for Newark. <laughs> Nottingham University. Um, the twos travel to West Bridgeford to please the freeze play Beeston and the fours are at home to work. So that's 50 female hockey players that Newark Hockey Club have got to find on Saturday. Sally and Paul, you've got a job to do. Yeah. One heck of a job. Um, a busy Saturday for the wheelchair basket, um, the Jags wheelchair basket. Chris told us about us with two matches against the Sheffield Steelers. And I don't care if you're playing <laughs> wheelchair, <laughs> basketball, cricket, kiddlywinks, whatever. If, you know, a Nottinghamshire team is playing the Sheffield Steelers, um, there's a, it's not a friendly. No. Um, Saturday, um, we'll see most of our runners descend on Presswold Hall in Leicestershire for the inter-counties cross-country, while 24 hours later... Um, they'll be, they'll all be disappearing 
off up to Retford um, for the Retford Half yeah. Marathon. And we end where we almost began all this. On Sunday, it's the turn of the Newark Rugby Club under-15s to play Southall at Kellam Road in another one of those matches, which, for some unearthly reason, they call a friendly. Mm-hmm. Methinks that's a busy weekend. It is. It's just a tremendous shame about tomorrow night because if those... If it was possible to go to all three events, I think uh, even uh, Lucy and Sharon would forgive us our uh, Friday night travels on that one because they they are three cracking fixtures. But I just cannot call Collingham versus Newark Town because it will be such a cracking game of football. Can't wait. Let's get a big crowd. Alistair, you have got it. Andrew, you have got it. That's Andrew out there at Wello and Alistair in Boulderton. Yes, it unfortunately it is. It's the sheep. Um, they beat Real Madrid four one. Who were the other teams to beat Real Madrid then? Borussia Dortmund, obviously AFC Ajax from the other night, and I can't remember the other two. Oh, what good is setting a competition where you can't remember the answer to? But I did give you a clue last night and said that Charlie George scored a hat-trick. Yeah, so I said Arsenal. And you said Arsenal, yes. so that just, just shows you. It was a good question. It was 1975. Unfortunately for all you Derby fans out there in Newark, <laughs> but more pertinently for all you Forest fans listening, uh, Real Madrid won the second leg 5-1 and Derby went out. I wasn't aware there was any Derby fans in Newark. <laughs> I know a couple. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't mention any names on here. Yeah, they're in the stocks in the marketplace. Yeah, you can't I'm, miss them. I'm sure that's all. Um, <laughs> massive thanks to our guests um, this this week, Harry Wainwright. The very very modest Harry Wainwright came in here on Tuesday night with his dad, and we talked about Carton. He's in the British Championships this year. Would you believe he is that good? But he is so modest. He doesn't even tell anybody at school what he does. <laughs> Unbe- unbelievable modesty from him. Um, I don't tell anybody in our house what I do. No. Well, do, do you know what you do? Um, and <laughs> well, last, come here, I mean. last night we was treated to a masterclass. Oh, yes. Richard Byram. Wonderful, wonderful guy. And um, spoke very eloquently about a very wonderful man this town has produced, Reese Lewis. And um, it was great to hear Richard speak so highly of him. Um, and we heard all about Richard's rugby career and in the next few weeks we're going to hear all about Dusty Hare's rugby career. Yes. I think we can look forward to that as well. Owen Yeomans is coming in from the Athletic Club as we progress with our series on the golden oldies. <laughs> and um, and that's the end of it for this week from two of Radio Newark's golden oldies. <laughs> uh, oldies anyway. We're, um, we're off to have a lie down before we get excited tomorrow night at Station Road. If we see you there, come along and say hello. If we don't, well, we'll come and talk to you, because quite frankly, we'll talk to anybody. (laughs) (laughs) Bye-bye.